0: Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families and cattle country. I once again headed to Bishop from Sacramento via Highway 50 East to 395 South. There are other options, including 99, but the drive is really beautiful and I'll save 99 from when the passes are snowed in. Bishop is a small city with a population just under 4,000 residents, though it's also the most populous city in Inyo County. 395 runs right through the center of town, and the entirety of its main street is just about a mile long. The town kind of looks like something you'd expect from the era, where there's some old buildings that were rehabbed to function for more modern uses, some newer buildings that were built to look older to create an old-timey feeling, and the occasional commercial chains that took hold like Denny's and Taco Bell and Grocery Outlet. I checked to a motel on the north side of the main drag and took a walk south. In my research, I spied a bar that seemed just about my speed, and when I walked into Rusty's it was dark and old, old in a good way, and relatively empty. I found in these smaller towns, especially the ones off 395. Watering holes like this are the best way to get a feel for a town and its residents. With limited options, these sort of places have a cross-section of locals and passers-by alike, and at times serve almost as community centers. The only people at the bar were five men, in their 30s or 40s, sitting together. They were mostly bearded, jolly, and clearly well-known by the staff in the bar. After I sat, one of the men exclaimed it was going to be a good time because they have four red shirts at the bar. My interest was immediately piqued. In the last episode, when I stayed at Tom's Place, in, well, Tom's Place, I learned a little history of the property from a large plaque centered in a monument of large rocks and cement. The inscription detailed the history of Tom's place, and underneath that was a signature it said dedicated September 29, 2017, Bodhi Chapter number 64, Eclampus Vitus. Eclampus Vitus is a fraternal organization dedicated to preserving the history of the American West. It began in the late 1800s with the intention of being an open to any upstanding man. The organization was sort of a tongue-in-cheek reaction to other more serious and exclusive organizations like the Freemasons or the Odd Fellows. The Clampers' motto is Credo Quia Absurdum, and it's generally interpreted as meaning, I believe it because it's absurd. Clampers, when in their official garb, usually wear blue jeans, a red shirt, black hat, and occasionally a black vest adorned with buttons. In E. Clampus Vitus, all members are officers, and all officers are, as they say it, of equal indignity. After being established, the members were also known for being a bit rambunctious. However, at this time, the group, being composed mostly of miners, took great pains to support anyone in the organization that was in need, specifically families of miners who had lost their lives in the mines. As mining slowed down, so did the Clampers' membership, and the group went dormant for a few decades until its revival in 1930. Now more than ever, the Clampers are committed to the preservation of the history of the American West, primarily through plaques and monuments, which number in the thousands and are strewn across the American West. The group still focuses their charitable work to benefit orphans and widows. The red shirts at Rusty's bought a round of drinks, said cheers, to which everyone responded, satisfactory, and went their separate ways. This is the fourth episode of the second season. And with the first, we started Laver's Ranch in Glenville, then moved up U.S. Route 395 through Spainhower Anchor Ranch in Monachi Meadows, and then on to Cashbot Ranch in Long Valley. In this episode, we meet with Tom Talbot in Bishop, California, rancher with the Talbot Cattle Company, and longtime Owens Valley veterinarian, we first tour his ranch on the north side of Owens Valley and then accompany him the next day to a neighboring ranch to doctor some calves. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. Now, a quick primer on doctoring these calves were born in the spring and are currently nursing they will be weaning in the next month or so to grass making now an ideal time to vaccinate them for various diseases the calves are separated from their mothers corralled and then run through a chute where they receive various vaccines and ear tags denoting their vaccination status the whole process takes about 20 seconds per animal typically ranches are authorized to administer vaccinations without having a veterinarian present But in this case, they're also vaccinating for a disease called brucellosis, which is transmissible to humans. Now, occurrences are very rare, probably thanks to the fact that veterinarians are required to administer the vaccine properly to young stock. The process is an efficient operation. Two cowboys on horseback feed calves into the chute, where a few more on a platform cajole the calves to move in the right direction, where five of their hands administer a few vaccines, ear tags, and an ear tattoo that verifies they've been vaccinated for brucellosis. And again, this happens all in about 20 seconds. Now, let's hear from Tom Talbot. He found a small table and chairs away from the cattle and sat down after he had doctored a few hundred cows. Tom looks to be in his 60s and he's mild mannered. He's half draped in blue coveralls that he dons when he's working. He also has streaks of tattoo ink on his face and his arms.
1: My name is Tom Talbot and uh, I operate a cow calf operation in the Owens Valley. Um, we live and have multiple uh, Department of Water and Power leases around bishop my great-grandfather homesteaded in the bishop area um, he and his family were were sheep herders at the time when they came to the Owens valley uh, they homesteaded some property they ran sheep on them um tell gosh i probably the 1960s i guess and anyway the the property that they had homesteaded became i guess too valuable to uh, farm on or to ranch on and so Bishop was growing and they ended up at that point in time selling the land and most of it went to development. Most of the land that they originally owned on, is in houses at this point. My dad came to the valley when he was a relatively young man anyway, met, met my mother who was a lifelong resident. and They got married. He, he at that point went into the cattle business and started uh, ranching on lands that were owned by the Department of Water and Power. Those are lands the majority of our valley uh, is owned by the Department of Water and Power. And these ranch leases are um, traded back and forth, much like if you owned the land, but they've been in in many families for generations. And so my dad acquired our first Department of Water and Power ranch lease in early 1950. And and over the years, he kind of traded back and forth. We had a number of different ones uh, throughout the valley from pretty, pretty much one end of the valley to the other. He partially retired, pretty much completely retired in the late 90s and my brother and i uh, took over one small lease that he had and then we're able to add some uh, additional ranch leases together to form what we have today like i said the, the talbot family has been in the ranching business pretty much continuously since about 1955 or so i was fortunate enough to to be born and raised in in the owens valley and be engaged in the ranching business for virtually all my whole life and and i am extremely fortunate at this point i have a son that uh, works with me on the ranch. I have eight grandkids total. I have six of them that live in the, the Bishop area. All six of them have an interest in the ranch and, and my goal in life, I guess, is to hope that somewhere down the line, the grandkids uh, continue to run Talbot Cattle Company as we know it today.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a common thing when we do talk to people about about ranching. It's just that um, people kind of like, they don't take the most aggressive approach. Like you're doing this when you grow up, you know, and a lot of times it's like, you can go out and experience the world and hopefully you come back.
1: That that's how that's how it was presented to me when I was young. My dad, really, uh, he, he he grew up when he was really young in the dairy business, and all his dad wanted to do was make him work. And uh, he really never had the opportunity to go to college or, whatever. So when when I have two brothers, and when we got to that age, he insisted that you know we go to college, do whatever we want. If we wanted to come back and and work on the ranch down the line, that was that was going to be fine. But he pretty much was pretty adamant about going to college and getting a degree of some sort you know that's how i would say hopefully that that we would treat my grandkids hopefully you know they will have an interest in going on and developing a a profession or career or whatever but if they had the interest we'd be i would more than well be happy to welcome them back on the ranch and like i said hopefully it's a that point in time a viable operation and that can support them or whatever however many of them you know want to come back
0: yesterday, the property we're at, is it called Round Valley in Owens Valley?
1: It's, yeah, it's the very northernmost section of the Owens Valley. Um, And it's, uh, that particular area is called Round Valley. And it would, again, it's it's still part of the Owens Valley, but you know, the northernmost section. So it's identified just a little bit different.
0: It seems that a lot of the properties here are kind of unique compared to one another, even a few. You know, even if they're just a few miles away. Your property there seemed very unique.
1: You know, the the ranch that we operate there in that particular area is is primarily uh, irrigated uh, pasture land. Um, an awful lot of the ranches throughout the, the valley consist of some irrigated pastures, but a lot of large desert-like uh, upland type uh, dry grazing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some of that in one of the other locations, but again, we're fortunate that the majority of the lands that we operate on are, are irrigated grazing lands. And that's, that gives you, a, you know, makes a little different um, way that cattle are managed and things like that. So.
0: When we were out there, we were talking and kind of looking around, um, talked a bit about the space being not only for, it's not necessarily land that you're going to farm on so much. So what are the sort of um, animals you encounter in that area in Round Valley?
1: You know, you know we, we we see a lot of, of very unique wild birds come through, you know, in their migration patterns. We see that. You know, we see some of the, you know, kind of predator type things, you know, the coyotes and mountain lions. We have an occasional bear that makes its way through, you know, and then we have a lot of the other things, raccoons and skunks and different things like that. So there's a lot of stuff that, a lot of creatures that, that live on that land and, utilize it and flourish just as well as the cattle do too. We mentioned there's a pretty significant mountain lion population in the immediate area and we've had very little issues with them. You know, they can be an issue. The bears that kind of tend to come through, they, they seem to be kind of seasonal and you know, they're, they're disruptive at times. They tend to like to get in our grain room and you know, dump over the the grain barrel and that kind of stuff. But other than that, they, they're pretty harmless
0: okay and then along with being a rancher you're also a veterinarian you're a large animal veterinarian is that true
1: you know i was in a mixed animal practice for um, about 45 years uh, where we did everything in in the town of bishop Um, dogs and cats and you name it we did it a significant part of my practice was always cattle and horses since retired retired from the the major part of practice and at this point in time i'm just doing cattle only And, and Occasional horses if it's on the ranch, but mostly it's just the kind of the routine cattle work, the seasonal cattle work that we do.
0: In talking to other people uh, in the industry, it seems that there's a, a lack of large animal veterinarians, especially in places that are more remote. If there were more large animal veterinarians in the area, would you still be practicing as you are right now, you think?
1: You know, I again, I have kind of cut down to, to just doing the cattle. We have people that have taken over my practice. They do everything as well. They do the small animals, they do the horses. They can do cattle but none of them have the interest in doing the cattle that that I do. You know one of the things that I'm noticing is I'm getting more and more calls from places that are not that close to us that are kind of in similar areas but yep, in, in some areas in Nevada, places like that that I'm getting the occasional call to come to see if I will you know do the veterinary work for, for them because they are having trouble you know, finding a veterinarian to do there. For years, they had a veterinarian that they counted on on a regular basis. Uh, One in particular was just tons of cattle work all the way in California, Nevada. And he's cutting back now. I'm not sure if he's completely retired yet, but, you know, there's nobody stepping up to fill that need. And in in my case, uh, you know, I still enjoy doing it and and I don't mind traveling and stuff. And I, again, I'm not really looking to expand my practice under any circumstances, but, you know, I really hate to see... uh, Ranchers get in a situation where they can't find veterinary service, and, and uh, you know, it's an important thing to, to correctly manage a ranch, and so you know, whenever I can, if I can help them and get the job done for them, I, you know, I'm happy to do it.
0: Uh, so today we're at Centennial Ranch in Bridgeport. You were doing some some vaccinations and things with some calves. What is the? You said it's a seasonal need for ranchers. Um, what does that entail? What are you doing exactly to, for those animals seasonally?
1: Primarily, there's three major things I do on a, on a beef cattle operation. You know, we do we do some emergency stuff, but. In today's world, we deliver very few calves uh, like we used to because of the nature of industry and low birth weight bulls and those kinds of stuff. So we do very little emergency stuff. So almost everything we do is, is the routine um, herd health work. And it tends to happen in the fall of the year in our part of the area because that's when we're weaning calves. And at that point in time, what we're doing is three major things. The heifers that ranchers keep to put into the cow herd, we, we have to do brucellosis vaccination on them. We pregnancy check pretty much all the cows, and then we go ahead and and check the bulls for a a semen evaluation as well as a, a disease called trichomoniasis. And those are the main three main things that we do, and they all happen once the calves have been weaned from the cows. And like I said, in our area, we are what we call spring calvers, which means that we tend to wean calves in the fall. And so, generally, starting mid August to Oh, it usually goes through about almost the first of December is is the, kind of the season when I do the majority of my cattle work.
0: Can you just walk me through the logistics of what had to be done today to get the animals to where they needed to be, and then and basically the process that they went through.
1: Cattle that we were dealing with today are calves that will be weaned and and shipped in approximately a month. And so what we were doing today what the rancher was doing today was uh, pre-vaccinating those animals getting them ready to be weaned we are putting uh, the rancher himself was putting a number of different vaccinations respiratory vaccinations dewormers into the animals and what i was doing was giving the brucellosis vaccination and that's all in preparation to kind of minimize the risk of disease on these animals at the time they're weaned weaning is a stressful time for animals and so if we can get the vaccinations in them a, a month or so ahead of time, we give their bodies a chance to make immunity to these various diseases. Again, that's what, that's what was happening and this was a convenient time to go ahead and do the brucellosis vaccination. In many other ranches, we, you know, we won't do the, the brucellosis vaccination until the animals are weaned and they've decided which animals they're going to keep for replacements, but these guys, um, They keep a large number of heifers for replacements, and they haven't probably decided which ones those will be, so routinely we vaccinate all the heifers at this time of year, and then that allows them, when the time comes, for them to select the heifers that they want to keep. It's easy to do, you know, whenever you're working animals, you try to do as many jobs at one time as you can, and so this is a really good time to to vaccinate for brucellosis because they're handling the cattle anyway. Um, otherwise, if we were to wait decide which ones they were going to keep, we'd have to run the animals back through and and, and work them up a whole other time. So.
0: so when they were sorted this morning, were they mixed in with their mothers at that time and then separated?
1: Right. They were gathered. They were out in pasture. They were gathered, brought to the corrals, and then they were taken away from their mothers. Uh, and then the cows were run through the chute. And when we got done, they were put back with their mothers and and turn back out to pasture where they'll stay and then we'll see them again in about a month and the same thing will happen is they'll come in and be separated from their mothers and at that time you know they'll be load the calves will be weighed loaded on trucks and shipped away and the cows then will go ahead and and run all the cows through at that time and give them their annual vaccinations along with determining whether they're pregnant or not at that time so
0: Uh, last night after we had dinner you guys took off i stayed i went back to the bar at the um was at the back alley, bowling alley. And I was sitting next to a guy and actually had the, these notes out right in front of me. And a lot of times when people see me making these little notes, they'll ask like, what are you doing, you know? And so there's a guy next to me. He seemed like he was, he was in his thirties or something. He, I think he was a, a Navy veteran. He just asked that question. I explained what I do and stuff. And then he's like, oh, well, the first question was, do you know the cash boss? And I'm like, well, I was at that, that ranch. And then um, I said, but then I mentioned you, and he knew you and your father. And what I've noticed is that even these towns that are kind of a little bit separated, right, whether it be Bishop or Bridgeport or maybe even Independence, that everybody kind of knows each other. But I also see that in this industry, uh, just for instance, you're, you're helping out a fellow rancher. You're a rancher yourself, helping out a fellow rancher. Can you speak to how important community is as far as this area goes, like off 395?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, as I said, I've been was born and raised here, and you know, I couldn't trade. We we hear that people want to get out of California, they want to go here, they want to go there. I, I couldn't imagine leaving my home. I mean, you know, it's just uh, it's it's uh, rarely that I go to town that I don't run into people that I know. Maybe people I went to school with, maybe kids, people my kids went to school with, that kind of thing. And so the community itself is. Is, is just an incredible place to be and it changes you know people come and go but by and large there's a pretty stable bunch but the ranching community you know those of us that are engaged in the in the, in the ranch community all the way from Bridgeport to Atlanta wherever it may be you know we're a pretty darn tight community you know we have to be because you know we there's not a lot of us um, but we are hope that we know each other we support each other our kids know each other our kids You know have get along with each other really well and so just the fact that we live in a community of a whole community that we tend to know people a lot and you know to support people one another but the ranching community again it's a whole it's a whole different tightness than uh, than just the regular community
0: well thank you for agreeing to sit down and talk to me
1: well great thank you
0: if you'd like to see photographs of our visit including videos of touring round valley and our side by side visit www.calcattlecouncil.org. We shoot a gallery of photos for every visit. If you're interested in visuals from our travels, visit our Instagram account, at CalCattleCountry. We always love feedback. If there's anything you'd like to hear on Stories from California Cattle Country, you can contact me directly at ryan@calcattle.org or leave comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks with Stories from Centennial Ranch in Bridgeport, California. Thanks for listening.